Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Good to be back with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, that's fine. Thanks, Jeff. I don't. No, I don't have anything to to share on the screens. That's that's fine. Yeah, great to be with you. I'm going to have a little look in a few moments at Acts chapter 19, just to give you a little bit of warning. If you wanted to look it up, you don't need to. But if you've got a Bible with you or you've got a device you want to look at it on, then you're very welcome to. But I'll come to that in a few moments time. But I'm really passionate about disciple making, as as Pete has said. I just think it's right at the calling as who we are as, as followers of Jesus. And I just want to unpack a little bit of that and talk about a journey that I've been on for a little while with some others. Tom's been included in that. And like Pete said, he'll, he'll share in a few moments' time. But just on a journey of discovery, and I want to talk about Discovery Bible Study, or DBS for short. Don't get that confused with safeguarding or anything like that. Um, if I talk about DBS, I'm talking Discovery Bible Study uh, for, for purposes of today. But um, yeah, so Discovery Bible Study is a great way, I believe, to be able to make disciples. And I'm just going to start off by talking a little bit about why I think that's important, and I'll unpack what Discovery Bible Study or DBS is in a few moments' time. Just before Jesus ascended, he gave his disciples, his 11 disciples at the time, gave them the Great Commission. We find it in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. He said to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I will be with you to the very end of the age. It's great, isn't it? One of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended. Go and do it. And those 11 disciples took something of that and obeyed that. And we read throughout the book of Acts about how Jesus' first followers, the early church, took that great commission and outworked it. And so those 11 disciples made disciples. And then those disciples obeyed what Jesus had commanded as well. And they made disciples. And then those disciples made disciples. And that continued right throughout the generations. And that's how the gospel came to you and I. Because people were obedient to that great commission of Jesus to go and make disciples. And I believe that that's our responsibility now as disciples today. To obey that great commission as well. And to make more disciples. So one generation passes on to another. And of course Jesus... Just before he ascended in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, talks about the Holy Spirit coming. Because this is not something that we kind of get the energy from ourselves. We can't do it like that. We need, it's a work of the Holy Spirit when disciples are made. And so Jesus gave his disciples the Holy Spirit and told them to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and eventually to the ends of the earth with the gospel. And so it's one thing, I think, to share the gospel with someone. And that's brilliant, isn't it, when we share the gospel with, with someone. And they come to Christ and they are changed, they're made new. But then it's another thing to think, okay, how are we going to make a disciple of this person? How are we going to help them to become a follower of Jesus that obeys everything that Jesus commands them to do, which includes go and make disciples of all nations everywhere so God's glory can cover the earth as the waters cover the seas and I think the early church really understood this I think that's that's really plain and clear throughout Acts that the early church really understood what it meant to go and make disciples and so Acts chapter 19 
Let me just paint the, the scene just a little bit, and then I'll read a few verses. So at the beginning of Acts 19, Paul's arrived in Ephesus, and he finds 12 disciples there. That's quite a biblical number of disciples, isn't it? But he finds 12 disciples there in Ephesus. And he starts talking to them about baptism. And it becomes clear that they've been baptized. And so Paul digs a little bit deeper. And it's clear that they've had John's baptism. But Paul says, look, that's, that's a baptism of repentance. What you need to do is be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so Paul lays his hands on these 12 disciples and they receive the Holy Spirit and it says they start speaking in tongues and prophesying as they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then we pick it up in verse 8, Acts 19, 8, and it says this, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and he had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. All the Jews and Greeks, everyone, in the province of Asia, heard the word of the Lord in two years. So I've got some friends who are part of a disciple-making movement called No Place Left. Their vision is for this kind of thing, for there to be no place left to share the gospel because everyone's heard it and everyone's had an opportunity to respond. And they did a bit of research and they think at this time the province of Asia was probably something between 1.5 and 3 million people. So starting with 12 disciples, Paul manages in two years to share the gospel with up to three million people. Isn't that incredible? Now, how did he do it? How did he do it? Even if he's like this super apostle, which of course he was, and with, even if these disciples were totally on fire for God and totally on board with sharing the gospel, I'd suggest that they need to have done something else, <laughs> involve more people in order to share the gospel with up to three million people. I dug a little bit deeper into a few Bible commentaries for those who like to dig into commentaries and explore it a little bit more. And so I first looked at the Expositor's Bible commentary and it said this about these verses. For two years, Paul had daily discussions about the claims of Christ. During that time, the gospel radiated out from Ephesus through Paul's converts so that the entire province of Asia heard the word of the Lord, with the result that many churches in the outlying cities and villages were founded. The Believer's Bible commentary says this. For two years, the apostle made disciples, made disciples, and then sent them out to teach others also. As a result, the whole province of Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So this is Bible commentaries. This is not, you know, disciple-making movements. These are Bible commentators acknowledging that, hey, Paul made disciples. He had to in order to reach the whole province of Asia. So how can we make disciples? Well, there's loads of ways we can make disciples. We're doing it this morning. But one way that I think is really great for making disciples is through Discovery Bible Study or DBS. Because people encounter God through the Bible. Amen? 
Oh, you know what? I thought I might get a bit of a better amen from that. Should we try that again? So people encounter God through the Bible, amen? Amen. amen. Very good. Very good. Because it's living and active, isn't it? The Word of God is living and active. The Holy Spirit speaks to you and I, speaks to anyone when they read the Bible. It's alive. And in my view, the, the problem with some of our approaches to Bible study, and all Bible study is great, isn't it? But I think sometimes a problem we have is that we do it for, just for our own benefit. And we study the Bible because we want to increase our own knowledge and while that's great, and while that's important, and while that's part of discipleship, Discovery Bible Study just encourages us to think a little bit differently about that. It starts to help us to think, okay, how can I make this not just about me and my own learning, but how can this touch other people? How can the Holy Spirit speak to other people as they read the Bible too? Sometimes we think our growth as a Christian is in terms of our knowledge but what if we started to think as well as that, our growth as a Christian is about obedience. Our growth as a Christian is about reading the word of God, like Jesus said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, when he talked about the wise and the foolish builders. He says, people who are building on a firm foundation are the ones that hear the word of God and put it into practice. What if we obeyed the word of God and we measured our growth in obedience instead of just in knowledge? What if we could be released as a new Christian to share the word of the Lord from day one? Because there's no way that Paul sent his converts off to three years of Bible study, again, as good as that is. He only had two years, and the word of God get, get, went to everybody in the province of Asia in those two years. He must have seen them come to Christ. He must have trained them quickly and sent them out. What if we had that kind of approach to our discipleship? And with Discovery Bible Study, if we go into it with a view of, I just want to increase my own knowledge. This is just for me. Then to be honest, I think you'll find it start to get a little bit dry after a little while. There's probably better ways of studying the Bible than using Discovery Bible Study if you're just doing it for yourself. But I found it to be incredible. If you have that mindset of I want to make disciples, I want to see God touch more lives through studying the Bible with other people. What if we had a vision to see every single person in Tadley or in Basingstoke or in Hampshire or in the UK or beyond to hear the word of God within a couple of years? Because that's the vision that Paul clearly had. What if we had that kind of vision to say we want to have everybody in our communities hear the word of the Lord within whatever time frame you feel that God is saying to you? If we can start to think like that, then we're starting to understand the heart of Discovery Bible study, this way of studying the Bible. It should multiply. We should be able to reproduce, to train other people to share the word of God with more people. That's the heart of what it is, to make more disciples. So what is Discovery Bible study then? Well, it's a way of studying the Bible in groups, it, we use the same set of questions for whatever Bible passage that we're looking at. And so it is easy. It is reproducible. It's easy to train others to do it as well. 
And so we start off with two questions, and it was the two questions we looked at when we came in and started our meeting together. What are you thankful for this week? And what challenges are you facing this week? Now, that could be in your own life, it could be in your family, it could be in the world. It could be, I'm really, really concerned about the war in Ukraine. Really, really concerned about the pandemic. It could be as big as that. It's just whatever people come with and whatever is on people's minds. Because we want to start with thankfulness. We want to start by saying we are thankful to God. And even if people aren't yet Christians, to help them to understand that they, they can be thankful. And in time to attribute that to God and be worshipped to God is a really good thing. And then challenges. We want to be pastoral. We want to look after one another. It's at the heart of who we are as believers and followers of Jesus. So we want to look at challenges in people's lives as well as thankfulness. If we've already done a Discovery Bible study before, then we just ask the question, did you get an opportunity to share anything from the last DBS that we did? Did you have a chance to obey what you felt God was saying to you? We, don't, we never put anything on people. We never say, you should be doing this. But if someone says, I would like to do this, I feel God's saying I should share this with someone else, then we give people an opportunity to feedback if that's something they would like to do. And then we look at the Bible passage that we're studying that particular day. And we read it twice. And if we've got two different versions of the Bible, that's even better. Because sometimes people connect with different phrases or ways of putting stuff. And um, we allow God just to be speaking as we read his word together. And then after we've read it through twice, we close our Bibles or we switch off our devices. And we try and retell that passage together. And we do it as a group. So someone will start. Someone, if we're looking at Jesus calming the storm, for example, someone might say, well, yeah, Jesus was out on a boat with his disciples and then this storm came up and his disciples weren't very happy, were they? And someone else said, oh, yeah, but Jesus was asleep on a cushion, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, well remembered. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? And then they, oh, yeah, his disciples woke him up, didn't they? Oh, yes. And then so as a group, you start to put it together. Don't get too worried if it's not chronologically exactly right, but just look to build the story together as a group. There's two reasons we do that. Number one is it helps us to remember it. It helps us if we want to share that with someone else. It helps lock it in our mind. You're having a conversation, then a few days later after your DBS with someone, he says, look, I'm going through a really tough time. This is happening in my life. And you feel the Holy Spirit just nudging you. And so you say, look, I was with just with a couple of friends a couple of days ago. And we were just looking at story, a story in, about Jesus. And in that story, Jesus was with his disciples. And this big, big storm came up. They were out on a boat on a lake. A big storm came up. And, you know, Jesus was asleep and in the boat. But the disciples were really afraid. And they woke him up. And, and then Jesus calmed the, literally calmed the storm, spoke to the wind and the waves. And it went down. And his disciples were like, wow, who's this with us in the boat? And it really touched me when I was looking at that story. And you know what? I, can I just pray for you? Because I just think in the storm that you're going through, it might not be a literal storm like it was in that story in a boat, but you're going through a storm. Can I just pray with you? And so we practice actually sharing the story with someone. But also the other reason we retell it is that it just helps us to remember it for that Bible study right in that moment. And where different people remember different things, it's just really helpful to remind each other of that. And it helps lock it in our mind for that Discovery Bible study. 
So we've asked those three questions. What are you grateful for? What challenges are in your life, your family or the world? How did you obey or did you manage to share with someone last week? And we've read the passage through twice. We've retold it. And then we just ask some very simple questions. What do we learn about God from this passage? What do we learn about people, us, from reading this passage? How are we going to put this into practice? Really picking up on that teaching of Jesus. Don't just listen to these words, but put them into practice. So how are we going to, how is this going to affect our lives? How are we going to put this into practice? Who do you know that needs this message that you'll tell this week? Is there someone you think they're really going through a storm in their life? I would love to share this, this story of hope with this person. Or it might be just in the moment, in the kind of example I shared, that suddenly it comes up and the Holy Spirit nudges you and you want to share it. But it's good to think, is there anyone I can share this with this week? And then finally, an opportunity just to help with any challenges. It might be the challenges that we talked about earlier in the DBS before we looked at that passage. It could be something that there's a very practical thing. I'm moving house, I need some help. <laughs> this has gone wrong, can anyone help me with that? Well, just please pray for me, I'm going through this, my family members struggling with this, or there's this financial need, or this health issue, whatever it might be. And that's it. It's really simple. There's sometimes slight variation on the questions, depending on the Discovery Bible study that you're doing. There's different, slightly different ways of doing it. Those are the questions I ask. If you do one, it might just be very slightly different, but it's the heart of it is the same throughout. It's easy to pass on. It's easy to do yourselves easy to train others to pass on and see more people touched by the word of God. So where does Discovery Bible Study work well? Well, it works well in small groups. In your small groups, I'd encourage you, give it a go. I think we're going to give it a go this morning. <laughs> so give it a go. Try and engage with it. See what God would say to you. I learn something every single time I do a Discovery Bible Study, and normally it's through people who are new Christians or not yet Christians. Because you see the Holy Spirit speaking to them and it's an absolute joy. So it works well in small groups. But let me encourage you, if you do it in your small groups, think about it reproducing. Think about who you could pass this on to. Who you could train to do it. Who you could gather from your friends, family, co-workers, neighbours. Who could you gather and introduce to the Word of God? If it's just for yourself, it will probably get a bit mundane after a while but if you start to see it reproduce and multiply it's incredible you see God at work follow up from an alpha course we did an alpha course in 2019 in the hub we've still got people gathering off the back of that doing DBS together and getting loads of life from it it works well as a follow-up from alpha at home so we've got my wife and I Tracy we've got two children Lydia's 13 James is 11 and we sit down and do discovery bible study together and the kids take it in turns as well they they take their turn to lead it to ask the questions to lead us through some of their insights really challenge me <laughs> they really really do and it's a joy to see God speak to them through his word so if in your family groups whether it's Adults, children, whatever, it works right across the generations. And really anywhere, lunchtime with your work colleagues, with your neighbours, with your friends, with your family, wherever you can gather people who are hungry to explore the word of the Lord, whether they're Christians or not, it works. I was in hospital last year in March. I spent a week on the um, CCU, the heart ward uh, at Basingstoke, and 
I had opportunities to share with people. I had opportunities to pray with other patients. It was, it was incredible. And then before the patients I was with went, we did a Discovery Bible study together. We got our phones out. Four beds in the bay that we were in. And I just led them through a Discovery Bible study. And it was a joy to see God speak to them. Anywhere. It works anywhere. Where you can gather people. Coffee shop, home, small group, wherever. So... I haven't shared masses of testimony because I've invited Tom to come and I thought he could do it. So Tom and his fiancée, Brooke, Brooke couldn't be with us today, but they've been part of a Discovery Bible study that I started in lockdown in 2020. And it's been a joy to see them grow. Tom's, Tom grew up in a Christian family, Brooke didn't. So we're going to hear a little bit, Tom, you're going to share a little bit about Brooke as well, aren't you, just in terms of her journey, because that's been great as well. She couldn't make it today. She's, I think she's away with her mum, isn't she? But, um, but yeah, so... I just wanted Tom to come and just share a little bit about how Discovery Bible Study had been for you guys and, and how you found it and how you've had opportunities to share. So, Tom, would you come and share? Can we welcome Tom? He's come to share. That's great. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Tom. As Andy said, I'm part of the duo of Tom and Brooke. Um, we... First of all, I'm just going to say, this is the first time I've held a microphone in a very long time, so this feels very strange for me to stand in front of a whole group of people that I've never met before, but I love it. Um, Discovery Bible study for us really has helped us talk to people that don't know God, um, especially for me. Um, I'll just share a couple of stories. Um, the first one being <coughs> right at the start of Discovery Bible study, um, well, I say right at the start, when we all came out of lockdown and, you know, we went on Zoom with, you know, people we've never actually met in person before. Um, so maybe about a year into Discovery Bible Study, um, went back to work and so I'm just going to give it a go. I'm just going to talk to people. Um, and I was never scared to share my faith to start with. Um, I've always been very open to people. Um, I like to share if and where I can. Um, and I went at it with a different viewpoint. I like to, <coughs> the, the viewpoint of these people might have never heard the word of God. They might have never experienced church or anyone talk to them about God. So um, rather than me talking at them, I talk with them. Um, and a lot of these people will come back the next day, the day after, and go, I've got some questions, Tom. And as long as I could answer them, um, I would answer them. But um, a lot of the questions were very, very deep. Um, and I'd always go and find someone who's higher up spiritually than me. Um, someone who's spent many more years on this planet um, than I have and get their point of view and go back the next day and talk to them with their, most of the time it's my dad's point of view of um, answers to questions, but it, it was great to be able to talk with people that, you know, I, I normally wouldn't talk about it with. Um, that, was, that was great. Um, I've actually recently discovered that someone at my new workplace, um, used to be a Christian, she, she's recently, well, sort of last year or two, started questioning faith and 
um she she left church three four years ago and um she started asking me questions and oh tom where'd you go to church what do you do how do you do it and things like that and i've i've talked to her about dbs and um she's she sounds excited you know she for the first time i've seen this person come out and be excited to hear about god to hear about jesus um which was exciting um brooke is amazing i i wish she was here to be able to tell her side of the story and um, i've been given full responsibility for her story so i really hope i get it all right otherwise i'm gonna be in trouble when i get home um no she was raised in a, a, a not religious family uh, mum was catholic dad complete atheist so um you know she had some idea of of christ and god as we know him um and she went to a catholic secondary school um for a couple of years where she uh what's the word I'm for? she experienced god for the first time she was saying in in school um but after leaving school you know she went to college and sort of put that to the side um and then this is where I get introduced into the story. Um, we started dating, and it was the year of the last soul survivor, where I was like, well, there's one thing to do, you know, for a new Christian, or not even a new Christian, someone that's just started to explore faith, the, f the last thing you want to do is throw them right in a soul survivor, but I did it. I was like, you know, I'm going to throw them in deep end, see, see how they get on. So, um, she, she saw God work there for the first time, and we did an alpha course afterwards, and then we found the hub, um, <coughs> and DBS was a real, a really good lead on from um, from the Alpha course for her. Um, she, in our group, she she brings the Passion um, translation of the Bible every week, and it's not a question of who's going to read the second translation it's our oh, Brooke can you read the second translation of the, of, of the story so um and she's always there with questions I don't think there's one DBS that Brooke goes to without a question so um it's great to have seen her you know expand her knowledge of faith and um the two years that we've done DBS um she's grown so much from faith and actually she's recently baptized so in november last year she got baptized um at the hub and um i felt there you know i've done my part of bringing a someone to christ and you know i've done my discipleship duties and i realize now that there's so many more people out in the world that i can go and talk to and you know i don't one yeah excellent but double it double it double it you know um Brooke has actually started talking to her friend Hannah. Um, she she's someone that has also never really thought about Christ or uh, been involved in a church. And um, Brooke and Hannah pray maybe twice twice a month, you know, once a week. Um, and it's great to see, you know, her. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Um, She's really come out of her shell through DBS. Um, she really 
she's not scared of public speaking at all. Um, but when it comes to like one on one with people that she she cares about, she's friends with, um, it's been really encouraging to see her grow in faith and find the courage to go and talk to her friend. Um, and yeah, without DBS, you know, a lot of the questions that her friends are asking, I don't think she'd be able to answer as confidently as she can. Um, so yeah, DBS has really done her and me a lot of good. So from a Christian household, you know, I'm, I've loved DBS every session. Um, and from someone that's never experienced church before, um, she loves it just as much as me. So, you know, from both sides of the spectrum, Great fun. Excellent. Thanks, Tom. That's excellent. Nice one. Thanks, really good. Thank you, Tom. Really good. So it's a great way to be able to grow yourself and grow in a way where you can start to think, okay, how can I make disciples? How can I obey that command of Christ to go and make disciples? So thank you for the opportunity to share. I'll pass back to Pete. So we're going to do it in a minute. Um, so Andy had been inspiring me around this idea of um, how do you get people together who want to just read a little passage of scripture and then through sharing, reading it together and getting those insights, we all develop. And I've done it in church before and um, I really enjoyed it. But whilst um, uh, at the start of this year... Um, I had been chatting to a friend of mine who lives in Bedford, and he said, we've been going on a journey of trying to do more and more um, disciple-making within our church, um, and you might enjoy watching this um, video of a guy we interviewed in Australia talking about hope groups. And he had been doing these DBSs, um, very focused in terms of reaching out to people, um, but he told this testimony of one of the guys within um, uh, his church had been making lots of friends with people. But every time he said, would you like to come and just explore what the Bible has to say? He said he would get very few people that would take him up on that idea. And he was getting discouraged. Um, and through a conversation he had with the church leader, they said, do you know what? People need hope at this moment. People are struggling right in the midst of COVID. And so they just literally changed the invitation. And they changed it to this. Would you like to be in a group or join a few people where we get together and read stories of hope from the life of Jesus? Because we all need hope right now. We will look and explore and see how we can grow in it. And he said, all of those who had said no to reading the Bible together, said, yes, I would like to be part of this. And it just grabbed my imagination as to, actually, the way that we invite people to study the Bible together is completely up to us. But I just want to share how they went about doing this. And one of the reasons for me as to why I really liked this was this verse within Romans. Romans 15.4 says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Yeah, that's why we read scripture. Everything was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in scripture, 
and the encouragement that we get from it, we might have hope. And I just went and reading that, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to trust that this might work. That just simply reading scripture with people, knowing this to be true, hope might grow. And so we've talked about the, the way that we will just introduce people and introduce the, the, the time together saying, what are you thankful for and what's being a challenge for you? And you might pray about it or whatever. But the next bit is reading scripture. And I like this acronym around hope. How do we hear from God? Observe what is being said through those questions that Andy highlighted. What are we going to practice by doing this? What help can we provide? What hope can we provide to people by doing this? And how do we just continue to encourage each other during the week? So we're going to do it. Hopefully between us we've got either enough physical Bibles around the table so that maybe two people can read it or at least some electronic versions of it. We're going to look at Luke 10, 25 to 37. Who knows what that, pass- that story is? Yes, bonus points, bonus points. We're going to look at it, read it twice because we're going to run out of time otherwise. Just get each two people to read it and then, as Andy said, just retell it amongst the group. We should be able to just work out how we're going to uh, do it. I'll leave this slide up so that you can remember how to do it. And then observe what's said from the text rather than what we want it to say. What is the text actually said? Four questions. What stands out to you? Two, what does it tell us about God or Jesus? Three, what does it tell us about people? And four, what is it saying to you personally? I, what's, what's getting to your heart at this moment in time? And then once we've done that, and I will leave this slide up for a while, we'll then go back to, um, move on to, okay, so what are we going to do to put this into practice? What, might, what do I feel God is actually saying to me uh, that I can do this week to either practically just help somebody in order to bring hope? Or what device seen within this story that's inspired me just to share this story? Here's God's story that I've read in the Bible. Here's how it's impacted in terms of what it's meant to my story. What's your story? And how might those interact, interlink? Um, and then encourage. Yeah. Who maybe from just with on that table. I'm going to encourage you this week to do your I will do this this week and to share what you've learned. I'm just always, always amazed whenever I've done um, this approach to reading the Bible together with other people, just the insights that have come. So let me lead it back to that one. Luke 10, 25, 37. Read it twice. Retell it in your own words. Then ask the four questions. Okay? Okay.